Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing to bring you pit coverage here from DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can subscribe to all of our shows here on DKPittsburghSports.com, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Be sure to rate us five stars with a positive comment as that really helps out not just this show, but all the shows on our platforms. Now, normally we've been doing a lot of pit football because it's been pit football season. They're having a heck of a season. But we're switching to basketball. It's the pit football bye week. So I know there's a few pit basketball heads out there that have been like, hey, man, I, I get the football team, but I want to see what's going on here. Some anxiety about what might be happening with Jeff Capel's crew. I will say this for football, though. I do think it was a good day because Georgia Tech beat Duke which means that's another pit opponent that they've already beat that they got an ACC win. Virginia beat Louisville. They're on pit schedule later this year, You and I don't believe that Louisville is not. Now, I'm recording this before Notre Dame takes on for Virginia Tech, but if Virginia Tech can pull out a big win over Notre Dame, that would be, uh, that would put, that makes the weekend in Blackburg, Blacksburg next week a big deal. Now, Florida State, uh, beat North Carolina. That was, wow, what a dumpster fire North Carolina is. They were supposed to be one of the best teams in the ACC, one of the best teams in the country. Here they are getting smoked by 10 points by the Seminoles. But maybe just as important as that um, that Georgia Tech win, Tennessee came out on top over South Carolina, 45-20, looking pretty strong at home. They're 4-2 and 2-1 and and in the SEC. That makes that road win for Pitt look even more impressive. Yes, 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 Western Michigan, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, let's move on to the basketball. I promised you I'd talk some basketball. So if you get if you, if you missed it, I wrote a Pitt basketball preview. You can read for free on DKPittsburghSports.com. Go, go to our website, DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can check it out on the front page, or you can look at the Pitt page where we have all the stories, podcasts, and everything there for you to see. But... One thing that I have pushed, you know, all last season in my coverage of Pitt, and I always try to come with an understanding, look at the big picture, 
and not try to be too reactionary in my coverage or well knee-jerk reactionary because of course we're reacting to something right but not try to let small things make big decisions all the time or big sweeping statements and one thing that I said about Jeff Capel's struggles last year was even with the transfers I was like man there's a lot of stuff that went into that year I want to see how this guy does when things are normal and when you're coming in the first few years out of what Kevin Stallings left pit in, that's not normal. And then you slap on COVID-19, that's extremely not normal. Then you slap on the transfer portal surge, which it hasn't, it basically doubled its total transfer portal people uh, amount of players in two years. That's not normal either. So he's, he's dealt with a whole lot. But one thing I wrote, and then I've said for months now, is that this is the crew that he has to do it with. The 2020 recruiting class that includes John Hughley IV, William Jeffress, Noah Collier, Maxim Madison, and Femi Udakale. That crew has to be the building blocks of him getting the program right. He's yet to have a winning season in three years. And now he's dealing with a team that lost all three of its top scores from the previous season. But one thing I've, I've said is that, you know, in, the, in my preview, I, talk, I wrote about him having a clean slate. This is his chance to put his fingerprints on the players, kind of imprint his personality, what he wants a program to look like on these guys. And part of what has to happen with this team is guys have, they have to understand their roles and assignments. They have to play to what they're being coached to do. They have to play their roles. If you're a two-guard, be a two-guard. If you're a center, be a center. If you're a wing, be a wing. But one thing that I think that killed Jeff Capel's team's chemistries in previous years was guys trying to do too much, trying to be the superstar, trying to show, hey, I'm ready for the NBA because I can do all the things. That's why you had Xavier Johnson oftentimes just dribbling into quadruple coverage. Or defense, whatever you want to call it. That's why you had Ithiel Horton sometimes trying to run as the combo guard when he's really just the shooting guard. But Jeff Capel talked about, when we talked to him last week, he said he, he said a lot about how Ithiel has brushed that away. He hasn't noticed that in their practices, in their warm-ups. He didn't notice it in the scrimmage on Saturday that I covered, which you can read about my assessment of the scrimmage on DKPittsburghSports.com as well as the preview. And I think that's a big deal when you're talking about what Pitt can do as a as a unit, as a team. When they were playing their best in 2020, 2021, remember they, they were 8-2 at one point. When they were playing their best, it was because they were playing defense, they were playing to a scheme, they were fitting roles, playing organized basketball. No one was trying to be the superhero. No one was trying to go out there and lead the team in scoring. And if guys happen to do so, great. Awesome job. But it wasn't the objective. And you kind of saw that slip away in the, when they finished the season 2-10. and 10, And opportunities fell by the wayside because Xavier Johnson was trying to be this super scorer. Audis Tony was trying to do what he was trying to do. And then Pete and Ithiel Horton was trying to be something else. There was a lot of dismay. 
Now, part of this goes into what Heather like told us way back in March when we spoke when we spoke to her. And I wrote about it then. She said a big deal was that you know Jeff Capel's a guy who is big on relationship building, in person relationship building, and he couldn't do that during COVID. They weren't able to. You know, he he bought a house in Shady Side so, so that his players could come hang out with him at his at his house, watch film there, hang out there, you know, interact there. Him kind of coach them from there and be you know a, you know a, a leader for them and a guy that they can really look up to and talk to, and he can help mold them not just as players but as human beings, as young men, getting ready to head out into the world. He didn't get a chance to do that. Jeff Capel even indicated he's like we couldn't bring them into our offices to watch film after a game or a practice. That's how limited things were. And he also made sure he's like, yeah, it wasn't just me. It was everybody in the country, but it was a it was a major problem. And it definitely stunted the growth of guys that were going through things. So that's why I say things are a clean slate for Pitt, at least for Jeff Capel. But he's got to capitalize on this new class. But the big name of this new class, or the excuse me, the sophomore class, is John Hewley IV. Didn't play much last year, but he was he's the center. He's the big man that might turn things around for these Pitt Panthers. I'll explain why he could turn things around because he poses to be a guy that they haven't had on in this program for quite some time. A true big man, a five that can scare opponents when he's in the paint or defending the paint. We'll get to that in just a second right here. Stick with us on the H2B podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Keeping it rolling here on the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work on the Pitt Panthers at DKPittsburghSports.com. Subscribe to this podcast on DKPittsburghSports.com. Rate us five stars, all the great things. Now, let's keep it rolling about John Hughley because I was getting somewhere. By the way, it's John Hughley the fourth. I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of mispronunciations of it, but it's John Hughley. I've, and I've been part of it. I've said it, Hugley, I've said Hugsley, I've said other things, but it's Hughley. That's uh, that, that's the truth, but, you know, Hughley's the guy, remember, last year, 6'9", 240, big dude, going in and he just bullies people, that was, that was his M.O. Well, he didn't get to do much bullying, why? Because he played seven games, then he was on COVID protocol because of a close contact, and then he was charged with a, fel- with, with, uh, with two felonies, and... You know, a situation where, you know, he was just caught up in some, some some stupid stuff with friends of his. Fortunately, those charges were dropped. He's back with the team. And everything is going right for his... It, well, everything's on his way to go, to go right for his career to give him that chance to show the world that he could play Division One basketball in the ACC. But the thing is, is that John Hughley presents a chance to be something that Pitt hasn't had. Now, this is what I wrote about after I covered the, the, the scrimmage on Saturday because I just thought that's what we need to see when I watched the way that he played, first possession, Femi Odakali gets the ball, kicks it right to him at the t- at the free at the three free throw line. He he goes in the post. He he sees what's going on. Femi does a backdoor cut. He he kicks it to Femi. Femi gets a layup. Bang! Easy offense. Pitt actually had big men in this scrimmage. 
between Hughley, Mohamedou Guy, Dan Oladapo, and even Max Madison a little bit. You saw guys being willing players on offense to fit the role of the big man while also being willing on defense to step up, make the blocks, challenge shots, and, and help when, when necessary. And there were some really good sets where I saw just good offensive and de- defensive plays where it's like if one guy came out for the better over the other, it was like, well, you know what? That's still a very good rep. That means you understood what you were supposed to do and you executed it. A perfect example. John Hughley got the ball in a mismatch with Chris Payton at one point. Chris Payton, the JUCO transfer they got. And, you know, 6'7 guy, you know, decent size, but not a, not a big, not thick like Hughley. So he's about to get backed down. And what happened is Mamadou Guy, I definitely mispronounced his name. It's Guy, it's Guy not Guy. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's Guy. <laughs> um, but Mamadou Guy steps down, challenges John Hughley in the post, and there's the double team. Hughley doesn't panic. He holds the ball. He throws it all the way across the other end, the other end of the under end of the half court to uh, to William Jeffers, who had a clean look at a three pointer. Now he missed his three pointer, but he got the rebound, came back in, and then Muhammad Ugi went from went from helping Hughley to swat to, to swatting away Jeffers's putback attempt. That led to a fast break, and Noah Collier getting him points. That was good effort all around, and Hughley understanding what he could do. Pitt has not had a big man understand how to be a big man in quite some time. Maybe you could say Michael Young, the end of the Jamie Dixon era, the first year of Kevin Staple, the Stallings. That was the last kind of big man they have. You think back to Steven Adams. If you really think back it's to the Dwan Blair days, that was the, the big man of all big men. The last real bruiser that they had at the position. But it looks like Hughley could be that kind of a bruiser. Not Dwan Blair good, but you know what I'm saying. A guy that... When you feed him underneath, he's go- there's going to be some contact. And opponents are going to have to be like, okay, we got we to gotta put two guys on that guy, or we got to put our biggest guy on that guy. And he and Guy and Oladapo are all athletic enough to catch the ball out in the wing, catch the ball out the top at the, at the perimeter. And when that happens, the five has to make a decision. Do I let those guys stay out there by himself, unguarded? Or do I bump down? Or I, or I come, or I go up, and then the paint is all the way clear, and it gives all the pit slashers the chances to score. That's something that they didn't have with Xavier Johnson, or Audis Tony, or even Trey McGowan's, or even Justin Champagny. If Pitt ever had a big man in those days, which is why it was truly unfortunate what happened with John Hughley last year, if Pitt had a big man, it would have given them the opportunity to open up the court and to use those athletic bodies, those guys that loved to slash in and get those buckets like that. But now, with Hughley, with Guy, with Oladapo, you've got guys who can push that who can push that agenda, who can force opponents into giving up certain things. Guy also hit a couple three pointers in the game. He left he led the team with twelve points during the scrimmage. Also led them with eight rebounds. He, he's the graduate student, and, and he's he's six nine. He's he's six nine, but he's a skinny six nine. But he understands how to use his skills. He's a little he's he's lighter afoot. He goes for blocks. He's gonna he's gonna outwork you in those ways. He's not gonna try and out physically you as much, but he knows how to how to win different matchups with his with his length. And he can help John Hughley learn how to use his size. 
And here's the thing. Last year, you saw so many games turn into really just Ju- Justin Champagny and four guards. Whether it was Adi's Tony, Xavier Johnson, uh, Femi Otakali, Nike Sabande, Ithiel Horton. And, and sure, there's a time, there's there's like sets where that could work. There's times where that can work, where you're running fast guys around and it's, they're just too fast for the big guys to keep up with. But eventually, teams will figure that out, and eventually, you need to be able to switch it up and win with some big guys down down low. Unless you have like the four greatest guards in in the conference. And Pitt just never had a chance to do that last year. Now, they do have those big guys. And I'm not saying these guys are big, dominant guys, but just big guys, period, to be able to do the job. Terrell Brown wasn't doing that. Gee brings a talented guy in the middle, in the paint that can help there. Hughley's a big bruiser who can help there. Oladapo's an experienced guy who can help there. And even Max Madison, who, much longer term of a project, the seven-foot guy from Ireland, even he had some good defensive reps where I was like, okay, he's learning. But you need those guys to fill those roles. Now, again, that helps with spacing. Pitt still likes Nike Sabande as a scorer. Femi Udakali as a point guard. Ithiel Horton as a, as a shooting guard. They want to see William Jeffress blossom into a scorer, into, a, into the threat that he can be with his size and his athleticism. All that can happen if the big men actually take hold and make a difference this year. Now, Hughley started off, I thought, really strong in this game. It kind of wore off as the game went on. In the first half, he shot, I believe, what, two of three? No, excuse me, three of four from the field. Now, he took a couple three-pointers that I was like, okay, we get a big guy. You want to take those? He did hit a nice mid-range jump shot. I will say that. It's not like he doesn't have it. But three-pointers, and eh, not so much. But if Pitt can get some of those big guys to step up and some of these other guys, these younger wing guys like William Jeffress, Chris Payton, if some of these guys can learn to attack the basket, I really think that Nike Sabande is going to be a major asset for the team, as is Femi Udakali as a as a uh, floor general. Jamarius Burton has a knee injury. We don't, we, we'll see him in four to six weeks. We'll see what he has when the time comes. Ithiel Horton as a shooter. There's, there's a chance they have the athletes to be scorers and to compete. If they play their roles. But a lot of it hangs on this, these big men also playing their roles. And being good and, and being good to go to challenge guys. And not just to challenge guys offensively, but defensively. Get to the right spot. Too many times, when they played North Carolina last year, they would just feed Garrison Hurst and Erdner Garrison Hurst. Jesus, that's the that's the NFL running back. Whoo! Look at me. Naming wrong names. But they would feed they would feed their big men down low, and they would just bully Pitt. And Pitt had no, no chances to do anything. Now, there were a couple times their small guys could come in and get steals, but that's not going to answer it every time. This year, they at least got the bodies to attempt to do that. That's going to play a big role in how Pitt basketball bounces back this season. Mark my words. The bigs are coming for the Panthers. We'll see how that happens. Their first game of the season is November 1st. We're supposed to talk to John Hughley soon. Interesting story with that young man. See how he's carrying himself after all the trials and tribulations he's been through. But again, that class, I think it starts with John Hughley and Femi Otakali. 
And I know Jeffers is exciting too. If Capel can mold them into the group that be, that becomes the playmakers and into the group that can truly be an asset for Pitt, could be the building blocks of finally getting Pitt back to being relevant in the eighth. Well, <laughs> being relevant in the ACC. They've never won the ACC, but just being relevant, period, in college basketball. But it starts with this group, and I truly think that starts with Hughley and the front court being a true threat. But thank you for listening to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast platform. We have all sorts of shows covering all the sports here in Pittsburgh. Stay tuned. we got a lot coming your way with the Steelers playing today on Sunday. Of course, Dale and DK will be on site. I'll be on site myself. Check out all of, all of our great work there. I'll be back in the ears very soon right here on the H2P Podcast. <laughs>